Welcome to Coach B Daily. I'm Coach B Moore. In this podcast, I share information that will help us achieve our health, athletic performance, and body goals more efficiently, which of course means to achieve more progress with the same or less effort or in the same or less time. Today, we'll be talking about food waste. But before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, Coach B Daily, on iTunes and Google Play. I'd love it if you left me a star rating or a remark, a review on what you like about the show and what the best parts are, how we can make it better. You can send me your questions or feedback on this topic or any other. I'm at Coach B Moore, C-O-A-C-H-B-E-M-O-O-R-E on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow this conversation on Facebook.com slash Eating for Abs. And this podcast is an offering of EatingForAbs.com where you can find out more about working with me or my team on your health, athletic performance, and body goals. Food waste. Americans throw away almost as much food as we eat. Some 40% of all food goes to waste. Now, in many minority and immigrant families or families who have just known hunger somewhere in the past few generations, we have an aversion to throwing away food. Health-wise, that actually is a culture that sometimes works against us because we end up overindulging, overeating just because the food is on our plate. And in my profession, that's something I also often have to decode and help people understand that this culture of our family is working against us. Nonetheless, Food waste is an issue, especially as many people around the world and even in our own communities go hungry. We still are fighting the numbers, which say some 40% of food goes to waste. Now, when you think about food waste, you may think about the food that's in your home, on your plate that you scrape into the trash. Or you may think about the food that went bad in my refrigerator. And that's just part of it. But there's also the food that goes bad at the refrigerator at your local supermarket or the food that goes bad in the warehouse before it ever got to you. That all contributes. And that's the stuff that they call a downstream problem. That's kind of from the consumer down, being the supermarket down. But there's an upstream problem that we don't necessarily think about all the time. Now, I want to tell you a side story to bring it back. I'm in the grocery store at times. And when I get to the line, there, of course, are magazines just before you get to the register. And a lot of those are tabloids. And I've talked about it more than once with whomever I'm with. I'm looking at the tabloid and there's the same story that they've been running every year about whatever celebrity couple once again divorcing or once again, uh, you know, the wife is leaving the husband or vice versa. It never turns out to be true, but it's something that clearly there's an audience for. So this story and this magazine attracts eyes to it The magazine publisher knows this, so they run that story again. You'll look at it, or some percentage of us will look at it, and some percentage of of us will buy the magazine. We're culpable. The same thing with paparazzi. You've probably all seen stories where some celebrity that you love or know or have an affinity for is complaining about the intrusive nature of paparazzi. Like, I'm walking my daughter to the park, and paparazzi or across the street I can't even walk so I lash out and the pictures of me lashing out even raise more of a stir and we may as the people watching who adore that celebrity think man that's a shame that this person can't even you know walk to the park without paparazzi and that's a bad thing but the truth is that we're culpable there's an insatiable appetite that we have as a people to see more and more of the personal moments of the rich and famous and popular celebrities 
in our, in our country or in the world. So our appetite for consuming images and stories of these people create a marketplace for those paparazzi to take those pictures and have someone to sell them to. Inevitably to the tabloids that you may not admit you're reading, but you're reading or the TMZ show or whatever that you're watching. So we're responsible. And the same thing goes on here with food waste. The upstream problem is bigger than the downstream problem. Meaning the above the marketplace problem starts at the growers. The growers have fields and fields and employees and spend millions of dollars to grow produce. And then when they go to harvest their produce, they already know there is no marketplace for foods that are not perfect. So because we won't buy, according to the the culture of of things in the United States at least, uh, peppers that are slightly scarred or colored differently by by the sun or maybe have, you know, a couple different lumps that the other ones don't have, we won't buy them. But they grow. They grow in all shapes and sizes. So what happens is the farmer then takes those peppers that won't meet the aesthetic standard of the United States consumer and they let them rot in the field, turn them back into uh, fertilizer for the soil. Or they feed them to livestock. It all goes to waste. You'll, you'll hear stories about farmers who will raise uh, and grow whole harvests and ship them to the marketplace and will be many of it, much of it will be turned back. And it all comes back down to one thing. The consumer won't buy it if it's not perfect, if it doesn't meet this unattainable standard of blemish-free food aesthetic. So you have billions of dollars of highly nutritious food that no one will buy, no grocer will buy because we, the consumer, won't buy it on the shelves. Meanwhile, people go hungry. Food waste is a huge problem. And there's also environmental issues that go along with it. The methane produced from the fields, from food that we will never eat. So what I want to encourage you to do is just be aware of what's happening. I don't want you to necessarily change anything this minute. It's, it's, a, it's a huge change in thinking. And you may not be ready for that. But when you go to the grocery next time, I want you to look at the vegetables and see, are there any differences? What am I being sold here? What am I being told? What is the story And what does that say about me? The fact that all the cucumbers look exactly alike, does that mean that I'm being shallow and selfish about what I'll buy? The truth is probably yes. If you're ready to do something different, you can. You can visit your local farmer's market where you'll find organic producers, uh, farmers who bring their wares that are way more nutritious than what you'll typically find in the market. They may not be as perfect, but they'll cost less. They're more nutritious. They just may not have the aesthetic standard. It's the quote-unquote ugly food where you'll find the best deals. And if we kind of work on it, work on ourselves, we can at least impact the downstream issue of what we buy at home and how we use those things. Can we get more creative with our meals and include more of the foods we have in our meals to let less go to waste? Can we buy less to accommodate what we'll actually eat? And then if we start as a people 
to show that we do have the appetite and we're not as shallow <laughs> as as apparently we seem to be, then maybe we can turn the whole thing around on the upstream problem as well. It's a big deal. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Coach B. Moore. I'd love to hear your comments on this issue. Shoot me a note at Coach B. Moore on Instagram or Twitter. Shoot me a DM. This is Coach B. Daily, the podcast, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.